0: does have it all all of our pre-owned vehicles are hubler q certified which include a 128 point vehicle inspection a free carfax vehicle history report and two warranties a two-year 100,000 mile powertrain warranty and a 30-day 1,000 mile comprehensive warranty visit any of our 13 locations today or click drivehubler.com
1: has it all.
2: honestly i'd rather start u.s open with our next guest than go saudi live action are you good with that
0: cameron hey. smith
2: Cameron Smith, Mark, John Rahm?
1: John Rahm is my pick.
2: Jordan Spieth, Will Haskett. Thoughts on that on that trio right there? Cameron Smith, Jordan Spieth, John Rom coming up for our predictions at LACC this week. Uh,
1: first of all, I just want to thank you for going in this direction because at the end of the last segment, I was like, "Oh, this is going to get really dark here to begin the nine <laughs> o'clock hour." So I, I do appreciate us talking about actual sports. You know, it's interesting because you have, I would put Cameron Smith and Jordan Spieth kind of in the same bucket of type of player and John Rahm kind of in his own bucket because he's such a good all-around player. And choosing between those two is really difficult right now because I don't really think we know what to expect from this week. I mean, the players have just barely seen the golf course. Even their sort of intel is kind of, I guess asked a little bit or, or sh- shrouded, I guess, by just a complete unknown. Um, I don't know if this is going to play like a typical U S open venue. It's not built set up or in a location that is kind of typical to a U.S. open style golf course. But as I said, a couple times this week, the USGA is going to USGA, uh, I guess just what they do with this golf tournament. So, I don't know. I've got a lot of really smart you know, peers and friends who are in the Cameron Smith, Jordan Spieth bucket of, listen, these greens are crazy. The rough is super thick. Just give me the most creative short game guys that can just scramble their way around this golf course. And I think it's a little bit easier of a driving golf course in terms of some, um, a little bit of um, forgiveness off the tee, which is certainly going to help a player like Cameron Smith or Jordan Spieth kind of, although he's straightened it out, Whereas, like John Rahm's the the prototypical, if you built a U.S. Open type player in a factory, that's what it would look like. So the answer to your question is, I honestly don't know. I, I really have. I'm I'm hoping that by noon today, when I'm doing the midday show, that I'll have an idea of what type of player I like but no one has a clue right now how this golf course is going to play.
2: Yeah. 12 to three today. Will Haskett will be in here co-hosting the midday show to that point. Will, I think it's why I'm so fascinated by this week. I was fortunate to be at LA country club for the Walker cup in 2017. It is one of the cooler properties that I've ever been on. Um, Obviously just the prime time aspect to it. I mean, you're going to have par threes this week, play as short as 90 yards and as long as 290 yards. Like it is such a unique venue. Uh, Golf Channel last night had Rory McIlroy kind of a one-on-one on the golf course, and Rory was like, "I have no idea if the winning score is going to be four over yeah. or like six or eight under. Like, I just yeah. think there's so much unknown. You then throw in the fact of it's our nation's open, it's on Father's Day weekend, it's in prime time. I'm really looking forward to the week, and probably some of the let's put live on the back burner contributes to that.
1: Yeah, I mean we're gonna have a lot of conversation right this week. Um, you know, at the very front end about what's going on. Um, shout out to Jay Monahan, who had a medical condition yesterday, the commissioner of the PGA tour. We don't have any details on that, but he's going to have to be out of the limelight, I think for a little bit. So I think there's a lot of people that are certainly concerned about his well-being being and and just the stress and everything that has happened over the last couple of weeks. So we're going to obviously address a lot of those questions with golfers we haven't heard from in the last week. And then thankfully, I think move to a golf tournament that has so many question marks and so many great, opportunities to be unique that it hopefully like last sunday at the canadian open you know gives us a reason to be distracted from all of the questions that are going to be unanswered that we have in the world of golf but yeah 75 years since los angeles had a u.s open you know to have this venue sort of be an outlier in the sort of the rota i guess you would say that the usga is going to and we're back to pinehurst next year i think you're going to see a lot of the Oakmonts and winged foots of the world sort of get into this, you know, every six, seven years we see them. And so to have a completely new venue from a U.S. open standpoint, it was redone about what, 10, 12 years ago, you know, the rolling terrain of it all, the primetime nature of it, it's going to feel different. But again, because we know it's going to feel different. I mean, it's the par 70 layout that's over 7,500 yards and there are five par threes. So like when you start to add all up in your head, like it's a massively long golf course, but it's um, but it can play a little bit differently because the ball should chase. we don't anticipate a lot of you know rain out there in LA and with the wind blowing, it could be a really unique challenge.
0: well, to bring in a live question and I, I almost apologize for that because I know that you've got to be I'm sorry. Uh, you know it's
1: the world we live in.
0: yeah I mean, and part of my naivete on this, do we know yet like the live tour? How much longer does that go on before this is all one big, happy family again? Or what exactly happens in that regard? It seems to me, and I will admit to the fact that I probably am far more of a helicopter observer on this, obviously than you, and certainly of Kevin. But from, from that perspective, it seems to me like this announcement was made of like, Hey, guess what? Like we're all going to be one. And then there was never any follow up of exactly what or when that was defined or well, how that was defined.
1: People, yeah, and the people inside of Live, including Greg Norman, who found out the same way that we all found out about it. I mean, he literally was blindsided with it the way that the rest of us were on CNBC last week. He's promised the rest of his staff and everything that Live is going to continue into 2024 and beyond. Now, is he saying that to save face? Is he saying that without any information? I don't know. It, it, it's just been such an odd – the merger – in theory, and again, there's a lot of conjecture about whether it will legally be approved and all these things, but effectively it just shifts the money from the PIF being in support of Live, and the PIF then instead supporting the world tours of golf in this for-profit model that allows for them to be a little bit more, I guess, creative with the money that they bring in for top players. So if you just read the press, release, thing, and that's all we have. We don't have a ton of information. But if you just look at the press releases themselves, the idea is that live, which is a subsidiary of PIF, it is owned. It is one of its um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's one of its you know pieces of, of real estate, if you will, is falls under the umbrella of this new for profit entity of which the current commissioner of the PGA Tour is CEO so I just don't really understand you know, how it survives if that is truly the structure that happens. And there have been pl- there's plenty of rumors, and some of it I think a little bit more rooted in fact, of players that went to live that are like, look, we went here for the money. Everybody would have gone here for the money, but it's not as if we think that this is the best product or the best place for us to play. So I think if all of a sudden things were disbanded and these guys have filled their pockets with tons of cash – and they're allowed to come back and play in a competitive structure that they're significantly more invested in and excited about, that a lot of them would totally come running back. Um, But again, 2023 is going to play out the exact way that it was supposed to play out. We should have a PGA Tour schedule here in the next couple of weeks. What that tells us about 2024, I don't know. But it just sort of depends on who you listen to. Like The way it was structured needs me to believe that Live doesn't have a lot of life left and if it does, it's going to look dramatically different. But if you listen to the loyalists, they're like, No, 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 we're fine, we're like we're still gonna have a twenty twenty four and I just don't know. Like I just can't imagine that the PIF is really enamored with a product that isn't gaining traction, that isn't gaining T V ratings, and they're hemorrhaging five hundred million dollars a year or so in order to make it happen. Like if this goes through, their investment is going to have significantly more ROI than what Lib was showing it to be. And at the end of the day, they're still about making money. Um, and th- so I think that's where they've kind of tethered their boat to at this point in time is the easiest place to get the biggest bang for their buck in their influence.
0: So I'm going to ask you what I've asked Kevin somewhat rhetorically, and I guess for you it would be rhetorically as well. But even though I want your your thought on it because I don't know that any of us know this, but I've asked Kevin this a couple of times. In your opinion, Will Haskett, Piff started the live tour because, A, they thought it would be a good way to spend some money and get some, some revenue generated and return on investment to your point, and then they saw, you know what, this just isn't getting the takeoff that we thought, so let's save face, or B they started the live tour basically as a shell game because they're like, look, we're going to do something just to shake up the PGA so the PGA has no choice but to then allow us to pour our money into it?
1: That's a great question, and I really don't know which way I think about it. And, again, I don't necessarily know if the PIF – it wasn't necessarily their, their idea. Like Greg Norman and a few other people have been floating this concept of an elite tour with Team Golf and all of these sort of elements and aspects to it. And it just so happened that Piff was like, well, this might be an opportunity for us to get into the game, to get into the sport, and to your know, sort of point B, to shake things up. But I don't really know. I mean, if your, if your true mission was to weaken the opposition or weaken the, um, the competition in the world space of golf, they could have kept going. I mean, the PGA tour has readily admitted that it wasn't a sustainable financial model for them. So if you truly were cutthroat, you could have probably bled the tour dry over the course of time. And then all of the talking points last week were, this is better for golf. This is best for the game of golf or professional golf. Let's not, you know, pretend that this is a great trickle down to all of the sport, but for elite men's professional golf, they came together because they said it's the best path forward. And I think a lot of that goes back to then the opinion that I would have that it's number A in your hypothetical, and that is they realize like we're not making money, our competitors not making money. We're effectively killing the entire concept of men's professional golf as a product. So let's put our heads together and figure out a pathway forward where everybody can be successful in this. And I guess I probably lean more to that because again, if it was really nefarious, if you really wanted to, you know, to slaughter your opponents. Um, pardon the terrible pun there, um, then it probably would have played out. The long game was still in play for that. And that's why I think last week was so much a shock because I was under the – I thought we were going to be in this sort of weird limbo between the two for several years and just kind of have a staring contest. And I think most people were kind of resigned to that fact. And then last week just completely changed the game for us.
2: And Will Haskett from PGTour Radio, you've heard him – uh in on the midday show he's going to be in again today coming up from noon to three Um, he joins us here on the Paleo sickers hotline will if you could give true serum to any of the dignitaries involved in this yasser jay monahan jimmy dunn who seems to be behind the scenes of the pg tour and kind of orchestrating this Greg norman rory wherever you want to go uh who would you give it to and what would you like to know
1: Uh, i give it to phil just because I would like for Phil to finally just start talking like sense like have some like, I mean so this is me kind of he, he, avoiding' he has talked I'm a lot of sense
2: C-E-N-T-S. He mm-hmm. in
1: dollars yeah mm-hmm. yeah this is this is me sort of avoiding an awkward question, I guess for me in terms of some of those key players. but I think a person who was at who probably had as much market share and opportunity to influence in a positive way the world of golf prior to this whole scenario was Phil has spewed a ton of lies in this situation and now is kind of on a weird victory tour of, like, like I told you, this is what was going to happen, which I don't really know. I mean, I would just, I would love to just hear him actually speak the truth about his life, his needs, his wants, what he thinks about professional golf. Cause I think so much of it has been um, complete hogwash to sort of save face and, and all of this, and he's a, I think he's a shell of himself in terms of his public um, legacy and, and all of that. So, yeah, I would more to sort of be like, man, I would love to have a positive influence, Phil Mickelson, in the world of golf for the next 20 years. I would love to inject him with some truth serum.
2: Who do you think is running the show, Well, I mean, is it still the PGA Tour policy board, or do you view it as Yasser and the Public Invest- Investment Fund have the money, they're running it, and at some point, they're going to pick and choose who they want on said policy board.
1: It doesn't. I mean, as of right now, we're talking about two entities. Last week's announcement was the creation of a separate entity, and the PGA Tour is still doing business as usual. Now, how that business model is funded from the for profit entity and then what the say goes in, I don't know. But on the surface, if I'm taking everything that I heard that we heard last week at surface level as verbatim, then the tour came out in still great control of its own product. Um, and again, I think there's a lot to be sort of worked out about how a team component works into it, how they end up creating, you know, for-profit sort of ways to funnel money to some of these key players. And keep in mind, Tiger Rory created a a group and it's the name of it's. Um, is escaping me right now, but they're going to have this sort of Monday simulator, T-D-L, right? Yeah. TGL. The, yeah. The TGL thing. And so that was going to be a way the top players were going to make a ton of money because there's going to sort of be this, it's not going to be golf. It's going to be like, like you guys is outing. You have coming up. I mean, it's going to be sort of simulator, um, you know, loud indoor venue arena style kind of fun. That's going to be taking place. That is going to be totally different kind of a monday night thing i think after you know monday night football and stuff is over with to sort of fill that gap for sports Uh, on monday nights in you know late winter early sort of spring and that was going to be a way and a lot of top players had signed up for it so how does that sort of fit into everything like those are all these just amazing questions that we don't have answers to and, and unfortunately last week just provided i think more questions certainly than answers and we don't know when the next time is that we're going to get a little bit more clarity on what's moving forward
0: most obscure U.S. Open champion in the 2000s? Um,
1: Michael Glo- Campbell. I would Did say Michael Lucas Campbell Glover. 2000s?
0: Uh, he is. He is. Michael Campbell was oh five. 5
2: Lucas Glover at Page. I liked him because he didn't wear gloves. How about Webb Simpson? Oh, Webb,
1: oh no. Uh, Webb Simpson's Webb's, been a team. Yeah, he's been a top-ten player in the world. Lucas Glover's won like five, six times on tour. I mean, Michael Campbell was I, I think he probably won a few times on the DP World Tour, but I mean, once his U.S. Open exemption was up, I'm pretty sure Michael was, you know, out of high-end competitive golf for a little while. I mean, we all know the name, but for him to stare down that field, I mean, that was the Mike, I mean, Jason Gore was, I think, leading that U.S. Open. Like, what a strange U.S. Open leaderboard. Yeah, that. In a
2: Tiger time. was right there.
1: Yeah, Tiger was right there. But, I mean, at the end of the day, like, Michael Campbell beat Tiger at Pinehurst, and Jason Gore, was, I think, shot like 80 in the final round. I mean, it's kind of crazy that there were two, more journeymen in the sport that were as viable that weekend in a U.S. Open than Tiger Woods was. But you can sometimes get that in a U.S. Open because of the limited nature of the field for top players and all of the qualifiers and ways that guys get in. But I think we've seen such a growth in the top level, top-tier player in the sport because of Tiger Woods. that now nearly 20 years after that, the likelihood of there being a long shot is so, so hard because we have, again, I'm not saying that we have 20 Tigers but we have 20 maybe 12 10 to 12 players that can play at a tiger like level whereas back then we only had one or two players that could sort of flex like that and it so statistically probability wise it's just more likely that we have top winners now in big tournaments
0: how about Gary Woodland
1: Yeah I mean, Gary Gary's a great example of someone who's probably I mean it's kind of early um, right hasn't gotten like the most out of just ridiculous potential and skill but, Big no, Jayhawk fan, Jake. I know. Yeah, I, would, I wouldn't put Gary in that category. Either. It's definitely, yeah, Campbell or Glover. probably. Glover
0: went I mean, to Clemson. He got a, a great like, player. I think he was like 12th or 15th in the world, right? He at still was his tour At the card. time? He's I Didn't 40. he
2: qualify? I felt like he qualified for that U.S. Open. I didn't think right. he was 12 or 15th in the world at the time. He did, but he would have been one of those guys in the
1: second state. You know, I mean, he, was, sure. he had his tour card. You know, I mean, he's been on tour, I don't think, without falling out for 20 years now or close to it so i mean this is not necessarily as fluky as a guy who made it through locals or something like that and then won it and then was completely off of either the european or the or the pga tour five years later when the exemption was up
2: yeah certainly not a john daly cricket stick in 91 uh will we'll end with this and shout out to kelly ford for this idea jake and i debated a little bit earlier um Your overall thoughts on, in five years, commissioner of the PJ Tour, Tiger
1: Woods? (laughs) I don't know why you'd want that job. I mean, you can be as influential without having to deal with the day-to-day monotony of that job. Um,
2: But is he, though? I mean, he appeared to not be involved in this, for what it's worth.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I think... I think that his opinion certainly matters and he doesn't need to be in a nine to five job with all of the minutia that comes with that for him to still be able to flex a little bit of influence. And um, again, I think some of the top players have done a pretty good job over the last week of just expressing like, yes, we were shocked, but we need to gather all of the information and then formulate our opinion from there. And we have not heard from Tiger, uh, but I'll be, I'll be, we'll be very curious when we do hear from Tiger about what he has to say about everything, but no, I mean, there's, there's no way with his life and all the money that he's made and all the things that he wants to do that he would spend his time, you know, if it was an appointed, like a, an honorary type of position or more influence, but no, not, not with something that has the day-to-day responsibilities that that job has the level of stress and all the relationships you have to have with all of the sponsors and all of the stakeholders. And you're sitting on boards of, four or five other organizations in the world of golf like no there's no way tiger woods needs that in his life
0: you know it's an interesting question what does a re- what does a golfer do in retirement right
1: golf? they play golf yeah they play golf I,
0: you don't think that they just think like okay i'm tired of this i, I mean i guess i'm saying if, if you were a golfer and you're like i'm tired of playing golf what what, what do you do
1: let's go pickleball
0: yeah that's possible pickleball by the way my prediction on this the 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 gym that I go to, I think I mentioned this the other day, they, they got rid of the basketball courts to put in pickleball, which is cool. I get it. Pickleball's fun. I got nothing against it. But now they are putting back in potentially a basketball court in replacement of where the racquetball courts were because no one plays racquetball anymore. I mean, that's funny. I remember when racquetball was the fastest growing
1: sport in nineteen eighty, right? Man, live right, baby, right off of Benford. I remember The racquetball games were crazy over there back in the neighborhood. Yeah, and like
0: no one plays it anymore.
2: What an iconic spot there. (laughs) It is, yeah. Uh, Will, we'll be listening noon to three today. You've got two and a half hours to get your pick in, all right? I got some ideas.
1: We'll see if it comes true or not. Thanks, Will. See you guys.